to Rick Radio Community News Desk, episode 18. I'm Jennifer Gannon. Later in the programme, I will be talking to sports therapist Mairead Walsh about her life and work. But first, I spoke with Maz Riley, former Ireland Rugby International and Dublin City Council Sports Development Officer. I'm delighted to be joined now by Maz Riley, rugby star, we'll say. Um, how are you? Good morning. Good morning to you too, yeah. Uh, all good. Former rugby star, well, I would say. Well, yeah. we'll just, we'll keep it on the level. <laughs> <laughs> but we were talking before we had uh, one of the girls in from Railway Union and we were just talking to stuff about rugby in general and she was saying how excited and important it was to see the Irish female the the women's squad and how receptive it's been like and how it's grown and kind of evolved um and how good that is just for other women in sport as well not particularly well particularly in rugby but also in general um and are you seeing that more and more lately are you seeing an uptick in young girls playing rugby or girls getting into rugby yeah, I think it, it makes a huge difference when young girls or families can see women's rugby or women's sport on TV. It just breaks down the barriers of the unknown of what that sport involves because I think with the most things you always have perceptions and misconceptions sometimes of what the sport is like and what it's involved. Um, I think back in the day when the Irish women's team, the, the Grand Slam team, there was the first ever women's rugby match on RT. I think there was 150,000 people watched mm. that game. And it was kind of history in the making, you know, it's been on reeling in the years yeah. since. From there, you go on to the New Zealand match. I think people had an idea this team is pretty special. They can do something. I think there's over 250,000 watched that game. Again, history in the making. But now with the Six Nations matches are on RT, the numbers are kind of 250, 300,000. And you see those numbers growing. Likewise, with it be camogie or hockey or Gaelic football, mm. just the the amount of TV coverage, media exposure, just helps break down the barriers of, of what's involved and shows the role models that are there that um, those sports are for everyone. There's all different shapes and sizes, all different skill sets, different backgrounds. And it's just another opportunity for young people to get involved. So I think mm. any parent, any community, you just want young people to find something that's there for them and, and gives them their kind of space and, and their place to be. Mm. And I think the more opportunities you have, uh, the more chance you'll have happy young people. And do you think yourself that then for women while well, girls getting into sport there is less stigma now around rugby because there used to be when we were growing up you'd never hear about girls mm. playing rugby like we never even were afforded the opportunity to even start playing rugby in our school like and, and the boys were obviously allowed like so do you feel like that's kind of we're moving towards something where there is less stigma around it because I think a lot of people just assume because rugby is such a physical game that mm. we, girls you know wouldn't be attracted to or, or shouldn't get involved yeah. definitely it's um as you're saying, like back in school and like in my school, the girls played basketball and the boys yeah. played pretty much everything else. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't like basketball, there wasn't a lot for you to do in school. And I think now, even with Dublin City Council, we have uh, co-funded officers in rugby, football, there's rowing, there's athletics, there's cricket, there's boxing. They're in all the schools across the city. Um, we, you know, we had over 30,000 young people in schools participated in programmes. So... 
the girls play tag rugby in school, then they progress on to touch. There's blitzes within the schools and then they're supported and facilitated in the pathways to join local clubs, whether it be Railway Union or Belvedere, Setonians, wherever it might be. So, yeah, I think, as you say, the opportunities are there and the stigma is breaking down. Um, mm. It's just another sport and another opportunity. Yeah. So this is your other role is now in with Dublin City Council. You're mm-hmm. working in sports development. So you're just saying there about getting into schools with lots of different sports itself and promoting different sports itself. Is that what the job entails for you then? Yeah. So uh, Dublin City Council have uh, diversified into a sports partnership. So Sport Ireland um, are kind of the leading model in that. The sports partnerships all over the each county has one. So the Dublin City one is called the Dublin City Sport and Wellbeing Partnership. And there are 17 uh, of my colleagues across the city working in our local areas to promote sport and uh, create opportunities for everyone from young people all the way to older adults. And we've programmes uh, across the city. So in 2021, we had over 80,000 people participate in programmes that we were running, um, whether that be in uh, schools, youth services, um, community centre, older adult centres. And then big kind of um, citywide events, such as European Week of Sport, Sports Fest, Bike Week, different things like that. And it could be any, like, so you're saying anything from rowing to boxing to anything at all? You, like. you name it, yeah, we, we will give it a go. So if there's a an opportunity, if there's a need in the area, local need, um, we'll try our best to get into whatever setting it is and just create participation opportunities for people. So, for example... Locally, most recently, we would have had a race series for the primary schools. So it was in five venues across the city. The final, um, the fifth race of the series was here in Ringsend. We had over 450 uh, young people from the local schools from third class to sixth class participate. And in the race series in total, there was over 4,000 participants and uh, over 80 schools took part. So, wow. um, yeah, it's, uh, it's growing in momentum each year and... I suppose post-COVID, it was a big opportunity um, for schools to get out and participate. We weren't sure how they were going to engage, but they were absolutely um, thoroughly involved in it and they were they were looking for more races as part of the series. So we're hoping to bring that into next year's school term. That's brilliant because like, mm. that's the thing we were finding a lot of the time when we're doing various interviews um, on the radio show that it's kind of, we were talking to like dance instructors, we were saying it's kind of hard a lot of the time at, at post-COVID to get mm. kids kind of involved in things again because they've had two years of just yeah. not engaging. Taking it easy. Yeah, yeah. 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 Same, same for everyone, so the same mm. for ourselves. Like if you, if you kind of have that stopgap where you, you're not in the routine of getting out training or going to the gym or going for a walk, even wherever it might be, you know, the impetus then to get back, sometimes you do need that little kind of a nudge. And I think the race series for the primary schools provided that. The same as, you know, pre-Christmas, we had the Marathon Kids Programme. Wow. So the concept is, it's a eight-week programme. Uh, the young people run two to three times a week. By the end of the seventh, eighth week, they ran practically a marathon. And then they run the last mile together. So... This year they had to run their their miles locally. Previous years you would have five or six thousand people up in Santry, all running their final mile together, and and they get like their work booklet, so it tells them all about healthy eating, nutrition, and building up to the marathon. So it's kind of the history of the Olympics, and then it's an absolute spectacle when you get them all out together running. It's um, even just the opportunity to get to Santry, Mm. see what that looks like to run on the track. 
Um, yeah, there's many a historic moment has happened up there and I think the the young people really appreciate that they're now part of that as well. Oh, 100%. And I think that's the other thing. It's facilities mm. wise as well, like you're saying, to, to go to Santry and to have that opportunity because a lot of the time I think without the community backing or the city council backing mm. for that, you can, you know, there are kids that kind of feel out of the system or whatever if they're not involved yeah. in clubs outside the school or whatever so it is a great opportunity to get them back engaged and involved yeah, we had one of the parents on rings and she came over and she was like thanks so much for putting the event on because because of covid this has been the only sporting event my child has taken part in in the school oh my god and you and they're kind of because you'll, you'll think back to your own childhood you'll think of the different races sports days sports you might day, have had yeah. in school and you know as you say it's not necessarily you know vertical is that you are sporty it's like mm. you've had an opportunity to participate in something with your school friends Mm. represent your school you don't have to be the best at anything and I think that's the real ethos of that race series is it's just an opportunity to get out and represent your school and have a bit of crack yeah and uh we gave out some evaluation forms uh kind of cartoon style to some of the young people and feedback was brilliant it was like uh wish it was longer wish it was shorter can we have drinks halfway through can we have a break can we do it again um <laughs> and they all just loved the support from all the teachers, parents, all the other students that were stood on the sideline. It was just that real feel-good factor. And I think yeah. anyone that was there on the day just came away, whether it was myself or everyone else, you came away about four inches taller. You just felt uh, it was a, a, a job well done. That's the thing. And I think that's the thing that we maybe don't really focus enough about on sport is the fact that it is just about being involved and being together. And yeah, I think a lot of the focus is like, you have to be great at this like you have to be yeah. you know you have to have a, a real kind of talent for it or something like that mm-hmm. whereas it's not when you we were talking about something like that race series it's not actually really about that it's you know it's about getting out there really yeah. and just having any kind of fitness level like yeah it's um you know sport Ireland would have done research on teenage girls and why the drop-off rate is there kind of 14 15 but one of the things they found was it's not necessarily about winning. It's about creating special moments. So whether that is the social side of it where, you know, they, they go have a day out in an adventure park and then they're coming back and they're training. Uh, I know my niece down in Kerry, she was playing purely so that she could do plats in the changing room. So she'd plat <laughs> the girls' hairs before they went out playing. And then she loved because that was her little crew and that's that's that was her role within the team. Still played. Mm. not particularly amazing but the, for me it was just amazing to see her participate and have her place to be in her her like mini tribe um and i think so it, it is like with boys and girls if you're not seen as sporty or you're not the star of the team mm. you can fall away quickly because as any of us you want to go somewhere where you're valued and you feel you can contribute and i think for me i would have played basketball in school and soccer and rugby and different things but when I went down to the rugby pitch, it was the uh, the one place where it's great in that, yeah, everyone has to have manners. So no one's roaring and shouting at you. The sideline aren't shouting at you. No one's mm. shouting at the referee. There's just that kind of underlying level of respect, which was lovely coming from some of the other sports because it had started to creep in. Yeah. But also in rugby, um, there is no real no stars on the team. Everyone is working for the person beside them and everyone is trying their best. So... I know for the ladies team in Old Belvedere, some of the feedback that came back when they asked some of the, the women while they were playing, they said they'd been to other sports, they thought it was a little bit um, clicky. Yeah. Came to rugby and when they felt valued as part of the team. They also got to hang out with other confident women mm. who, you know, some of them have, you know, 
different jobs and they, they learned from them in terms of their jobs and the confidence that they can bring to work. And then some other women were like, I didn't realise someone as small as me and petite as me could be as strong and powerful. Yeah. So they really recognised that. There's a line in a, a short film uh, called The Grass Ceiling and the line is um, more... Oh God, what is the line? <laughs> the line is something along the lines of uh, they saw their body as more... Uh, machine than ornament mm. in what I can do what rather than what I can look like. And that is such an amazing headspace I think for young girls, teenage girls maybe to actually embrace because mm. I think so much of right now as a girl growing up, a young girl growing up is so catered towards or pushed towards looks at Instagram, TikTok mm. how you're supposed to be, how you're supposed to conform certain types of bodies yeah. um, and I think that doesn't I mean my it's creeping in now with young boys I suppose with games and everything like that but with girls you're, you're always you, you do feel like that the, the sole attention is on how your body is developing or not developing yeah. or what size you are and I think sports does kind of help you get out of that headspace and for like 90 minutes or however long you're yeah. just concentrating on what your body can do and yeah being at, at one with it in a way I suppose yeah I think you, you picked up a very good point there it's it's happening with the lads as well so even you know with the gas senior teams and uh, the jerseys are getting that bit more snug and yeah. Gaelic players I remember years yeah. ago I'd be like swinging off you nearly like have exactly. to tuck it in several places but uh, so it's happening for the lads as well there is mm. that pressure to, to look the part and I, I think what they've actually found that lads in their kind of 20s 30s aren't playing as much team sport but they're going to the gym more because when they play team sports, there's a chance they'll get injured and they won't be able to go to the gym and do that side of things as well. So it's, it is a pressure on everyone. But yeah. I think the other point you picked up on well, there was, um, and I found that myself since I've stopped playing sport, is that sport gives you the opportunity to just go out and just be. Mm. And mistakes are expected because that's what happens when you try things. And it's allowed and you just go out and you give it a go. And because the game is moving on, it's kind of gone and it's forgotten about. Whereas sometimes in life, you're not afforded the opportunity to fail. It's not expected. It's seen as a bad thing. Mm. So I think sport, along with the physical gains and the social side of it, it can really help with kind of stress levels, anxiety levels. You you understand. It gives you like a little microcosm of society in that you can go in for those 60 minutes, 80, 90 minutes and fail, fail spectacularly, <laughs> yeah. fail in front of your friends, put your hand up and go, sorry about that, get slagged about it or mm. whatever it is. And your friends will just go, yeah, OK, no problem. Go next one. And I think it's uh, it's something that's sometimes probably overlooked. But I think post COVID, uh, I think that's something that's probably come in the, the little bit of anxiety levels that people might have now. And even the social side of getting out and chatting to people again. I know f- friends of mine, they were like, felt weird the first time when they went back 100%, out it was like yeah hello and then you're like uh, the weather is awful and then you're just like i want to go home i want to yeah. go home like yeah, so we're so used to home being that safety now absolutely. i think now that yeah, yeah. It, i think just getting out there as i said it gives you a kind of a different perspective mm. on things definitely big time. yeah yeah big yeah. time it's uh like even i was at diner rings end a couple of weeks ago in the park and you know, if you haven't been in the park in the while, I'd encourage you on a sunny evening to take a, take a stroll around it. Um, there's benches all around, so people are sitting down, just taking it all in. Stationary exercise equipment, there's people on the, the outside bike. People walking dogs, people running. Soccer teams, there was frisbee. Um, the Astro was full of tag rugby. There's a basketball court down the back of the park, which some people don't know about. 
that is packed now. It's all being cleared away. It looks yeah. brilliant. There's Ten- tennis. Tennis yeah. courts free. Everyone's just strolling in. There was a girls Gaelic match on. Strolled around the playground. That's all newly done up. They've got outdoor um, exercise equipment. So it's kind of old school kind of stuff where you can do your chin-ups or not mm. in my case. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the little trampoline set with some of the some of the kids. So some of the kids recognise us from the, um, the race series. And I was just asking them, what did you think? And what's your favourite piece of equipment in here? And they were like, we just love hanging out. This is our place to come and just hang out. And we just bounce around the trampolines in a circle. And then I said, what's that thing over there? And they're like, we don't know. We think, well, we just sit in it and we just lie on it because it gets warm <laughs> in the sun. I was like, class, okay. So there's a, there was, it was absolutely mobbed and it was just full of people. Again, just either hanging out with their friends finding a place to be and, and just being content in that kind of moment whatever space they're in yeah and being like outdoors and that's yeah. the thing and like do you think then that there is a sport for everyone 100% so yeah. as you were saying earlier rugby didn't I didn't know there was women's rugby um and then a friend in college said, do you want to play rugby? I was like, absolutely not. I am the biggest, softest thing going. I bruise like a peach. Honestly, if you stared at me long enough, I'd come out in a bruise. And uh, she was like, we're stuck for players. I was like, I don't care. I'm sorry. And she goes, you can just stand at the back. And I was like, what do, what do they do? And she goes, it's kind of like a sweeper in soccer. Just So the only thing I liked was that the rugby shorts at the time had pockets. Brilliant. So I was just stood there strolling down the back. And then if the ball came, I was like, uh, just kick it straight back because even when I was small and you'd be playing uh, tag I, or chase or whatever I hated being chased mm. so I'd always have to go on to the catching team so then in rugby the ball came I was like you see people running I was like good luck <laughs> launch it back down the pitch <laughs> and then what happened uh, one of the players on their team made a break and I was like oh I don't know what to do so I ran over tackled her and then it was like well done that was unbelievable whereas in the other sports I would have played that was like, how dare you watch you? You can't be doing that. And mm. this kind of thing. So I was like, again, I realized, oh, hang on a minute. This could be a sport for me. The people aren't giving out and shouting. And I can use, because I'm very tall, I can use my height and my size to benefit. So it was um, definitely was, it, for me anyway, that was a, a sport where everyone can participate and find yeah. a place. But then it's, some people, you know, as you'd say, aren't sporty, but... They're unbelievably strong, flexible, like people who are doing yoga, uh, indoor wall climbing. There literally is something for everyone. And it's mm. a case of, as I would always say, give it a go. Yeah. You don't know until you give it a go. So for me, rugby, if my friend hadn't been persistent and kind of did the Irish go on, go on, go on, I wouldn't have. I was lucky enough I played for Ireland for 10 years and all my family got involved in it. And, you know, there were some of the, the great times that our family had that we could travel around to the Six Nations matches and amazing watch it yeah my niece is all playing now and my brother lives in Spain his kids play and he's coaching over there as well so it's um and you're doing coaching you were coaching were you yeah yeah so coaching so I was coaching uh, with the old Belvedere women's team uh, yeah. and I'm currently coaching with the Leinster women's team so amazing um, yeah it's brilliant There's and you can just see that coming on and on like I was saying yeah. you know because like that's the one of the things when like if you see it you know you can be it like you, mm. you just once you can see that and once you see I think it's a massive thing like you were talking about like the viewing ship figures going yeah. up for the women's team is the support when you know that you have that support as well it makes such a difference yeah it just it changes perceptions for mm. everyone so everyone from the local person you might meet in your club someone in the street who said oh I saw you on the telly 
and uh, which is sometimes not good because oh, I used to wear a scrum cap and you're like okay. <laughs> I have to get very early in the morning when I do Ireland AM sometimes so I know that feeling it's like yeah please don't look at me <laughs> but it's um, it just changes the perceptions and you feel that that support is behind you if you look at even the Welsh rugby team, they made some of their players professional. The results they had in the Six Nations, uh, just the kind of the impact that can have on the players in and out of work, in and out of the sport. Um, but then, you know, it's the decision makers then as well, because mm. it's a groundswell of pressure. There's a momentum growing, and the decision makers that are looking around, that are organising different. Um, world competitions they're saying there's a need there's a demand we can grow the game mm. so for rugby you know I think world rugby are looking at it saying we, we can continue to promote the men's game but the biggest growth can happen in the women's game yeah I think you know it, there's more players playing in Iran women players playing in Iran than there are in Ireland wow so there's definitely there's numbers can be grown there's uh, an appetite around the world Definitely. rugby um but it and it's for all sports it, like you know if you look at the women's soccer in England mm. numbers there have been massive there was i think 80 90,000 sold out uh, at the new camp for the women's match over there i think it's Real Madrid Barcelona the tickets for the euros during the summer now the women's euros they're all sold out as well um mm. and i think again as you're saying it is that perception it it, it is changing it is growing and it's, it's now seen as, yeah, let's get behind the local team. Yeah, and visibility, and that's so important. And I think, like, matches-wise, like, I mean, I, I always see social media full of people, like, on Twitter saying, like, I, I want to see this match, mm. I want to see this women's final, where can I watch where it? I watch it yeah. yeah, and I think that's growing and growing, which mm. is amazing, like, and the support definitely is there now. Yeah, they're, they're finding in the, the premiership, the rugby in England, that the the clientele and the support base is changing and that's more of a family occasion. Mm. Um, I suppose that's that's something I was lucky enough that when we were small, mum and dad would have brought us to matches and it was only a couple of years ago I realised from my mum, she said her dad brought her to matches as well. Yeah. So from an early age, it just changes perception and, and I think, again, research and studies have shown that if young people... Or even if they're not into sport, but they're brought to different games and they understand the the spectacle and the the kind of cultural um, cohesion you can get from sport. It just kind of becomes a little bit of the norm. Mm. And it's not like a big thing to to bring your daughter or your son to a game. It's and the crossover there, like as in bring your sons to women's matches. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 that's it because like you need you know that cross section you need mm. for the stigma for young boys to look at women's sport and say yeah they're as good as us like or this is not something yeah. that's like strange or unusual like. no and I remember like we'd go into schools back in the day talking about rugby or sport or just going in you'd, uh, on the day and you just get brilliant questions asked well usually at the time of the grand slam it was like how much does the trophy weigh which means they want to come up and hold it I was like clever up you come future politician get up here and then some of the others like and do you get paid to play and you're like no no and they're like what do you mean you don't get paid to play they couldn't understand it so I think uh, there was a just equality and fairness I think children always have even when they're playing games they want them to kind of be balanced and fair if they yeah. pick their own teams in the schoolyard so they were like sure it doesn't make sense and we see the fellas doing this and that so I think they're they're on board mm. and I think sometimes it can be as parents and members of the community that sometimes we might um, put our perceptions and our, our prejudices on, yeah. On, yeah onto young people so even buying presents so my niece and nephew uh 
they're up the road there and I, you know when I'm buying presents I'm quite conscious or buying clothes even you're quite conscious about the colours mm. and what you might buy them and because sure toys are toys to young people exactly. and you know if you're getting Lego or you're you just kind of and boys look great in pink I'm sorry that's just the real boys do look it. great in pink <laughs> rocking it in fairness yeah but again studies have shown uh, depending on the toys that children can play with so you have your stereotypical say feminine toys which might be uh, dolls and prams mid-range then you might have lego plasticine and then the other end of the spectrum you might have say guns and army things mm. studies have shown that if you can balance the toys that children are playing with that's going to help them in later life in terms of their sports and their uh, academic success and stuff like that that it's quite a balanced upbringing so yeah it's um it's always something I'd be conscious of when I'm buying things and sometimes even if you go to Dundrum and you walk into some of the shops it's kind of like I brought my nieces in before years ago and I hadn't even considered it but they're like no we only shop on this side of the shop I was like why and they're like because that's where all the girls stuff is and I was like, yeah, but well, this T-shirt's cool. And yeah. they're like, and I brought it over and they're like, oh, I love that T-shirt. Where did you get it? And because I got it over this section, they didn't want to know about it. Oh my God, that's so insane. Because it's just like toys, clothes, everything like that, neutral. Like yeah. it, they're kids. I mean, that's crazy to me because I mean, I guess we grew up playing with guns and like yeah. from like, well, not real guns, obviously, <laughs> from yeah. like looking at, you know, Princess Leia and Star Wars. That was our whole thing. Mm-hmm. And like dressing like we were all, no one ever said we were tomboys or anything. Mm. But like I'm from a family of girls. But like you would just I don't think my mom had that in her to be like, well, I'm going to put a dress on her or anything like that. Yeah. It's just like you like running around. So you're going to be wearing trousers, basically. Yeah, yeah, like, how yeah. can I accommodate you're running around? Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I think like as it goes on, that will be hopefully be more and more I think it'll be as in I think those gen that gendered kind of divide for Mm. kids especially will be just less and less and hopefully we'll find that in sports as well like I mean yeah there's there's obviously you know big change at the moment in terms of trans athletes and different Mm. things like that so everyone is learning and everyone is finding their feet and trying to find what's best for the sport and best for the individuals and what works um so it is something different but yeah a a friend of mine was saying she was she was used to just kind of climbing trees and I was shocking at climbing trees I'd be like I'll just wait down here (laughs) Uh, she was used to jumping around and one day I think she had like I suppose it sounds back in the day a nightdress on her yeah and she made the jump but she didn't realize that there was no give in the the leg didn't quite make the, the leap she came just lying on the floor going damn this nightdress <laughs> this is it though that's the thing like yeah, yeah you're hamstrung yeah. but like that so hopefully as we said like that will get it will change I'm mm. thinking like as I'm seeing you know my cousin's children growing up as well I can see mm. them more like my one of my cousin's children she is so massively into GAA yeah. um and into playing football um that it was never a question like yeah. growing up it was always just like yep out you That's go good, just yeah. like your brother yeah mm. no problem to you like and I you think, know uh, the point you picked up on before about kind of boys and stuff like that as well I think as you're saying coming out of post-covid I think just everyone needs to start moving a bit mm. more uh, yeah you know I think they were saying the new smoking is sitting down yeah so, and it's a case of you don't have to be necessarily involved in sport you don't have to be signing up to different classes you just have to be kind of conscious to to move Maybe yeah, 30 minutes a day if possible so whether that's you know getting out for the walk just clear the head in the morning rather than going on your phone for half an hour mm. just 30 minutes outside uh, whether it's washing the car hoovering bringing in the shopping different things like that it doesn't have to be like 
I must go to the gym. Yeah, I must have these 30 minutes of running. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm not a runner, so that would never happen for me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if I get out for a walk or, or sometimes you might just uh, find a fitness class that you can do in the house um, mm. and just grab whatever is around the house and lift that instead. It's, uh, it is just moving. So whether that's... Get those cans of beans out. Get those cans of beans <laughs> out. Yeah, I remember they had uh, someone lifting milk and I was like, there is a chance that lid could come off. <laughs> Maybe the things that are more solid, more solid. 15 minutes exercise, 15 (laughs) minutes cleaning up. (laughs) It's a whole thing now. Well, thanks a million for coming in and talking to us. So if anybody wants to find out more about the initiative with Dublin City Council, Mm -hmm. just sports development, can they go just to the website itself? Yeah, dublincity.ie or um, Dublin City Sport and Wellbeing Partnership Hub. Okay. So the initials of that, hub.ie, is Great. where it's at. If you want to get involved and um, if you want more information, uh, you can also contact ourselves here. It's rickradio2020 mm-hmm. at gmail.com and we can pass on your details. So that's radio 2020 at gmail.com. Thanks a million for coming in, Massa. That was amazing. Thanks so much. Thank you. You're listening to the Community News Desk on Rick Radio. I'm here with Mairead Walsh. Mairead, you're very welcome. Thank you very much. And we're here to talk about your job as a sports therapist. Um, So can you tell us, for anybody that doesn't really know, what exactly does a sports therapist do? Um, Well, my job would be to look after the recovery of athletes mainly um, and non-athletes. to help them recover from exercise. So I do like sports massage, some dry needling, which is like a form of acupuncture um, and like cupping therapy, deep tissue cupping. Okay, the Um, Gwena Paltrow cupping. That's probably what we all know. If you've never seen cupping before, you should go and Google it. It's just when you see the back, especially you see all like the circles on the back and it looks painful and actually it's not I actually I had I put up a post the other day and the amount of people texting me back saying it looks really aggressive and I said Mm. it's actually a really nice treatment to have done it does look aggressive because you're sucking up the um, skin and the the muscle through the cup but it's actually at the soft tissue but it's actually very nice treatment to have done it's just the aftermath um, you will mark for like up to about seven days so if you have any um, like dressy event that you need to go to you probably should avoid that treatment but it works wonders for releasing so it's congestion for releasing congestion so it's yeah. for relaxing basically your body uh, is it well or? not really For it does that's one of the benefits is relaxation but it's mainly to take out the tightness from the muscles it brings up the blood flow it's so it like kind of allows the, that muscle to recover so it's actually it could be quite tired after it more than relaxed but um yeah it's a really it's a really good treatment if you have it works really well for like tightness in the upper back and the neck and the shoulders around that area mm. so you know like especially for people working in offices as well yeah um and like they're kind of hunched over a That's lot it. yeah every time i go wonders. for a massage they're just like your neck and your shoulders yeah. what are you doing yeah. like I mean, you don't you don't even realize you're doing yeah, it i know yeah. i know i'm i'm always i have to constantly i even write on my hand in work i have to write a p on my hand so i every time i look at it, i say posture you know um because i can no, be i shocking. feel like i have to do this now while you're sitting yeah, here yeah yeah that's it but uh, I know yeah, I'm the same but yeah so that's it's brilliant and the dry needling as well is really the dry needling gets into and also looks very aggressive and it's yeah. not it's a pain free treatment it's just a little bit uncomfortable um, and it gets right into the knots um, that some of us can form in the muscle and it uh, gives like a trigger point or a, a response so it kind of contracts the muscle to release the tension um, and it's a really really powerful treatment again for anywhere in the body that has tightness or um, 
you know kind of pain it's a yeah. pain reliever like instantly so I think just uh, the minute people see needles they're just I like know. I'm out yeah. I'm not doing yeah. this like. like there's so many people that just come in and say do what you want but just don't let me see exactly. the, the needle you know which is and I'm kind of the same I was actually fine getting dry needle and I am fine but now that I'm looking at people every day getting the needle and, and they're a little bit nervous it's actually making me nervous then <laughs> when I'm um, getting the needle but it's a really powerful powerful treatment like anyone that kind of gets it done will instantly feel relief um, mm. and like that they've been ho- holding on to for a couple of years even you know yeah so it's really yeah I swear by it and are you seeing more and more people coming in now because a lot more people are taking up sports maybe in a way that they haven't gone to see someone professional they're just taking up casually post-covid is there a yeah, lot more people kind absolutely of, yeah, yeah there is um and like during COVID everyone was exercising and mm. there's a lot of people actually that have got into exercise that have never exercised yeah. before um, and people that are kind of running long distances that have never done that before and what happens then is you get a build up of lactic acid and toxins in the body so unless that you're like if you're doing sports you should really be um, doing some sort of recovery like every at least once a month I would say to mm. release that tension out and allow the muscle to recover bring up fresh blood supply um, but yeah there's so many more people and now they're looking for okay I'm not used to having my calves like this I'm not used yeah. to having um, and they're feeling everywhere so sometimes you just need a good flush every now and then um, and yeah yeah just to kind of get the balance back yeah, yeah. I, I probably think that people because they haven't been doing it maybe or haven't been doing it in so long they're not aware that it can like go from not to f- 50 in like you know body wise like it can go crazy like a friend's mine they've all started kind of running again and they're like oh my god running in your like 30s is very different from running in your 20s like knees yeah that's all I hear for them my knee my My knee knee. (laughs) and actually I take the easy way out I um run very little and I cycle an awful lot because cycling is much better for the knees Mm. um than running and I I find myself personally when I run long distances it is my knees are just kind of um, so I just steer away from what I, is not good for my body and stick to the cycling which is better for my mm. um, knees but there's you know it's kind of it's like that going from zero to a hundred you know if you have to kind of take it easy and to kind of step by step there's some people that are just pushing their bodies and then you can see when they come in the tightness and the tension that held in their body you yeah. know from from doing that and not like and there's a drink of water is huge um yeah. when it comes to and there's a lot of us not drinking enough enough mm. water um so i would uh say water intake when you're training is huge because it, the water the muscles need the water to um recover they need mm. the nutrients that the water sends down so and probably yeah. don't forget to warm up but also to cool down afterwards yeah. I think maybe yeah. a lot of people kind of skip that part yeah they're time. like I'm wrecked I'm just gonna lie down yeah. I don't care yeah I know that's it like and to stretch and you, you need to warm when the muscles are warm is the best time for you to stretch so it's more important for you to stretch after your uh, workout than it is before because your muscles are warmer then if you otherwise when you allow the muscles to cool down you're stretching muscles that haven't been heated up so Mm. it's actually not going to give the same benefits so stretching is huge any form of yoga or pilates that kind of lengthen the muscle I love (laughs) (laughs) and And I recommend how did you yourself get into sports therapy yeah well I've always been into sports since I was 
very young um, when I was in the gym since you know I was about 15 or so I was kind of doing some sort of sport and I always wanted to get into something sporty but I didn't want to do PT or mm. anything like that um, so actually seven years ago um, I went and did a physical therapy course um, which I absolutely loved at the time um, but it just wasn't I was in a full time job at that time and it just wasn't the right time for me to yeah. leave the job you know I was there probably eight years at that stage um, and I just kind of just let that blow over and went back to the full-time job um, and then during COVID I just said I need to do something that I'm passionate mm. in so I went back and did a sports massage course and did lots of different dry needling and um, cupping and taping and strapping and I started working with St. Patsy Y Football Club then a year and a half ago um, probably a bit more than that actually and but I, I just, I love, absolutely love what I do. Um, I think it's very, very suited to me um, mm. my personality as well. Um, and then, yeah, I left my job then last January. Wow. Yeah, after. Massive change. I think, um, I think it was 15 years. Oh my um, God. I was there, yeah, and just said, I'll take the jump. And yeah, so that's kind of. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. And it's, do you think like, like you were saying, because of lockdown, you kind of had a reset of where your mind was at and you thought well I'm not I want to do something that I really am happy with yeah, like. absolutely yeah it kind of put things into perspective for me um, when I was sitting at home on the computer and I was just like this is just not for me mm. um, but I had never like since I had done that course seven years ago I had always had that in my mind that was something I would love to do um, so yeah I just kind of during COVID I just kind of said listen I think life is short so we'll just um, I'll do something that I love so yeah I kind of think COVID has had uh, I know it was there's very negative to come yeah. out of it for personally for me um, I can say that it's done wonders for like having that time at home kind of made me my mindset change an awful lot um, and realise what's important and that's it I think like for a lot of people that just concentrated their time like as in like you're realising like you said I'm sitting here every day doing something I'm not enjoying and then you, you just realise you could be doing so much more and, and you, you have to take mm. those, you know, challenge. well, not challenges, but you have to take it where it comes, like, as in, mm. like, you're never going to get this opportunity again. And I yeah. think it really yeah. just changed people's headspace like that. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. yeah it did. And I kind of just think, you know, do whatever it makes you happy because... Mm. Life is short, you know, and like I had spent years and even though I had great friends in, I was working in an office, you know, um, it just, it wasn't, it was not for me. And that time I kind of just said, right, just get up. And it was the best decision that I have ever, ever made um, in my life because I don't think I'd heard this before saying if you do something that you love, you'll never work a day mm. in your life. And that's how I feel like I'd be whistling going to work in the mornings. <laughs> I'm like, woo, um, so excited. But yeah, I... I would I just think it's great for um for me personally to be doing something that I love and yeah. it just kind of makes and my like life and like making it work like yeah. that's the thing like yeah. to put the effort into and make it work like but uh that's the hard part yes that's the thing <laughs> yeah. that's like we're talking about how great it is but also yeah. there's a lot that goes on uh, behind yeah. that you know yeah. yeah and especially when you're a one-man show you know yeah. it's kind of like oh my god is this going to work and is this not going to work but from the minute I said I was going to do it I said I'm going to make it work mm. no matter what I'm very driven um person that's so the I, sports mindset like of being so yeah, and focused. I'm quite competitive as well you know so <laughs> it kind of goes um hand in hand but yeah I kind of I just think for anyone out there that is 
that would want to change a career, just go and do it. The best mm. thing that you ever, ever do. Yeah. Mm. And speaking of headspace, I'm, we're asking about the spiritual head massage. Now, yeah. what's that about? <laughs> uh, well, I actually do. Um, I'd be, I'd be quite spiritual. I'd be very, mm. not quite spiritual. I'd be very spiritual. Um, and I'm, I will actually be going down a more spiritual route at some stage in the future. Right. Um, but there's a couple of people that actually come in and at the end of their treatment, they <laughs> like me to kind of, you know, um, rub the head and kind of um, do a head massage, which is kind of nice and very mm. nice and relaxing. And very, very powerful treatment because you're kind of touching uh, a lot of energy kind of involved. Um, but I think my um, what I do is kind of, is it's kind of spiritual anyway because mm. um, it is energy work because you're working one energy to the other, um, and I will eventually be start to do Reiki and kind of stuff Amazing. like that. Um, I would be. I'm trying to release my inner hippie, you know. I, I know I always say I'm a mad hippie. Let her um, out. Yeah, I'm like, I love it. I'm just kind of, and anyone that comes into me, we always have the great chats. There's so many people out there that are really, really spiritual. I think a lot of that has been through lockdown as well. Um, I know, like for myself and my friend, like she would always be quite spiritual. Like, and I've done, like, had Reiki done on me quite a bit before. And like, it's so beneficial, you don't, I don't even think. And I think when something like lockdown happens and you, you're there on your own a lot, like, and it yeah. opens your mind, like, I have a lot more time to think mm-hmm. and concentrate and stuff. And I think, me, yeah, me and my friend got way more into that kind of side of things yeah. and crystals yeah. and all of that than we ever were before. Yeah. And I think people are a lot more open-minded, a lot yeah. more receptive now yeah. than they probably would have been like time. 10 yeah. years ago or whatever. Yeah. Like, And that, I think that's like, like you said, when you say people come into you and they have the chats as well, There's that's all like, it's not just about, you know, the sports therapy in itself. It's all, mm. it, it's the whole thing. It's the whole getting to know a person as well. Yeah. Like, and Well, that's it, exactly. And if you're looking to come into me for a relaxing massage, I'm probably not your... <laughs> Your woman because I do always say, okay, come in and I I won't talk to you now for an hour and then five minutes later I'm like <laughs> So uh I'm like and then sometimes I do offer, you know, well I put some music on and they're like, ah oh, no, it's fine, you know, yeah. we'll we'll have the chats and I, I love that, you know. Um obviously everything that's said in my room is confidential you know yeah. so it's not going to leave the room and I have some I meet some seriously interesting people and a lot of people even some people I would not think that they're actually really like a lot of people more into meditating mm. like I meditate every day um, which is so hard yeah. I just for people out there like how would you get started into meditation like what's the best way to approach it because you know a lot of people you're just downloading an app on your phone or whatever mm. and I just don't think that yeah. maybe works like in a way because you're just yeah. you're, you know you can leave it you, you get bored of it or whatever you feel like you're not doing it properly like there yeah. is kind of a barrier that you have to kind of go through isn't there yeah. for meditation Absolutely. Like, well I know like I always kind of meditated on and off over the years and I've actually been to some uh, meditation um weekends I'm trying to think of the word Um, like yoga and meditation um, Mm. weekends which have been absolutely unbelievable but when I started meditating I just did it very very slowly so like five minutes Mm. um, my brain goes really really quick so I do find it sometimes quite hard to switch off but I say just allow allow that time like if it means lying there for five or ten minutes and your brain is just keep saying to the brain go back to you know keep putting it back but and it will eventually like I can lie there now most days I would meditate 
meditate for at least 20 minutes. Wow. Um, and whether it be in the morning or the evening or if I find time during the day and it completely, if, if I'm anxious, if no matter what's going on, I kind of say there's a meditation for anything. And I like graduate meditation I would do most mornings um, and it's only 10 minutes and it kind of just That's sets it. me up for the day then I kind of say right this is what I'm grateful for be happy with what you have and not mm. what you don't have um, I'm kind of a very simple person I'm <laughs> I'm happy with not very materialistic or anything like that and I'm happy with my um, meditation and uh, I just think for anyone who has a quick brain like yeah, that goes 10 to the dozen you know mile think, a minute yeah, like, and I, I think, think it's really like manifesting is you can actually manifest anything that you want into your life by mm. meditating by putting it out there and for I just think that's I'm actually going to, I have like four journals row um, and my hope is to one day write a book about my own spiritual experience um, I gave up alcohol over two years ago and it was life changing for me Yeah. Um, and I kind of brought out more of my um, spiritual side I suppose when I wasn't drinking because my Anxiety, I suppose, would have been much lower. At a level, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, I think a lot of people are kind of starting that a bit more now or drinking less, like, which yeah, is like... it's becoming much more yeah, popular. Prevalent, um, yeah. Like now than it ever was, but there's still a lot of, you know... Um, Stigma yeah, around like people not say drinking. to me sometimes, like, why would you not drink? Like, what? And I'm kind of like, whatever. And I'm not a judgy person. I'm kind of like, you do what you do. But I just think that for me, it was... Um, best decision I've ever ever made yeah. I'm not sure if I actually would be doing what I would be doing what I'm doing today if I was drinking you mm. know um had a kind of negative effect on my life so um yeah I just think COVID this is why I'm saying COVID <laughs> um just brought kind of um positive and like that's the thing like you're saying about meditation it doesn't have to be I think people kind of assume that oh my god you have to be sitting there for hours or something and go into a trance or whatever but you can as you said you can start off five minutes then Mm -hmm. extend it a little bit extend it a little bit I know when I started meditation I used to come home and I'd set the alarm on the oven for when the oven would be heating up and I'd be like I'll do 10 minutes before I put my dinner in the oven and like just little bits of time like that so it doesn't you know you you, you can just quiet your mind that's all it's about it's just silence in your brain a little bit definitely and it takes time it does take time like everything yeah like there's some days I will go upstairs and I will try to meditate and after 10 minutes I just can't I just can't get into it so I just say okay I'll leave that and I'll come back um later on I absolutely love reading as well so my bedroom is just full of spiritual books (laughs) (laughs) told you I'm a hippie um but so if I can't kind of get into I'll just kind of switch your brain off a few minutes but I I just think it is I would recommend it to anybody Mm. to meditate because you know we all have spirit as well so you're getting like in touch with and I just think it also helps people if they're looking to heal from anything you can help with all that you know and just calm your brain down a bit like you're saying because like everything you're saying like the the not drinking the meditating just the getting back to like trying to it's like almost kind of resetting your body like after a long like traumatic two years yeah. for everybody like yeah. so it is really beneficial yeah I no I think so yeah I know my body is very happy with me at the moment it's <laughs> <laughs> like go you um but yeah I think it's um I think I just as I said I think COVID has just put a lot into perspective for all of us and it makes us realize what's important what's not important mm. life is short enjoy life as much as you can and it's the little things that kind of make us happy you know we don't have to be all um, you know, you don't have to be happy all the time. Exactly. Um, but um, yeah, there's a lot out there that can you know 
make you happy though that's yeah. the thing yeah. you have to kind of be grateful I think that's another thing that lockdown and COVID has taught us is just to be grateful for the things that we do have yeah exactly yeah, yeah that's it yeah. and where can people find you then where can people go and go to see you then if yeah. they need to so I am a couple of days a week in the, right at the Irish Town Stadium there's a new clubhouse being built there St. Pat's CY um, and I'm based in there three days a week and then I'm in Lloyd's Pharmacy in Ringsend Amazing. three days a week Brilliant. as well um, so yeah I'm only on Instagram at the moment and I've been saying for about a year I'm going to get a booking system and I'm going to get a Facebook <laughs> but Instagram is just enough so what's your Instagram handle for anybody um, out there Empower Sports Therapy so that's Empower Sports Therapy and if you do want to get in touch with Mairead through ourselves our email address here is rickradio2020 at gmail.com that's R-I-C-C radio 2020 at gmail.com Thanks a million for coming in. Thank you so much. It was lovely to meet you and chat to you. Thank you. That's all for the news desk today. Um, My thanks to our guests. Thanks to Mairead Walsh, sports therapist and rugby international Maz Riley. As usual, also thanks to Dylan on sound. And if you do have something to promote or you just have something for us to check out here, uh, please email us at rickradio2020 at gmail.com. That's radio 2020 at gmail.com. Now, if it is an event, please make sure to give us about two weeks notice because this is a podcast. It's not live. Um, we will talk to you next week, Monday at midday. That's me, Jennifer Gallen. Uh, take care and we'll talk to you then. Bye.